Thank you, guys. I appreciate uh, y'all leading us into the presence of the Lord. And there's no uh, greater privilege than any of us will all ever have than to worship the one true living God. He created us. Uh, he has sustained us. And if you can rejoice in the grace of God today, you can say by his grace that he has saved us so that we can know him and love him and worship him. Well, this is a sort of reunion Sunday, uh, according to Kevin. Uh, that's when you uh, invite the old people back and the old has-beens back. And uh, that's, that's a, a proud tag uh, that I'm, I'm fine with wearing. Uh, I think uh, I began college ministry when I was 31. And I turned 62 this month, so that was a long time ago. I was jokingly talking to... Uh, Lena Solly earlier, I said, now, Lena, weren't you a senior when I was a freshman in college? Uh, obviously, she wasn't, uh, you know, but I like to tease her. We've had this ongoing joke about our birthdays for years. Uh, but reunion is good because you remember, and you can come back and you can reflect. And today, uh, as we kind of think around that term, as I had asked the Lord, because Kevin says, hey, just speak on whatever you would like. Uh, I thought about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1, where Paul said to the Corinthians, remember the gospel. And actually, before, uh, actually, uh, before Kevin even asked me to speak uh, to this crowd, uh, the Lord had been sort of uh, bringing this passage to my mind a lot, probably in the last two years, for various reasons. And so, if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Uh, and we'll look at this passage. You know, forgetting, uh, the whole idea of remembering this because it's, it's to remind. It's, it's kind of to think back and say, you know, don't, do not forget these things. Forgetting's a, an ever-increasing issue as you get older. I, I'm, like I said, I confess, I, I turned old enough to, to get my Social Security, my AARP card, which I won't get. And uh, a lot of other things. Uh, but just remembering this is, is a more challenging issue. Uh, but, you know, just seeing some of the faces of those who were in college ministry reminds me of what a joy it was to serve the Lord. And, and, I, and, and just to say what a joy it was for Tama and I to do ministry together uh, through the years. It's a joy to know the Lord. It's a joy to serve the Lord. It's a joy to walk with the Lord. Uh, in life. And so remembering this is, is something that Paul brings to mind here. We know it's a challenge, but, but, but it's not just an old people thing. You know, as a toddler, your mom could tell you something like, hey, you can't have a cookie right now, and you'd sneak into the kitchen, and, and you'd eat that Oreo, and, and then just say, oh, mom, I forgot you said that. You know, I know none of you ever did that. Teenager, you have a curfew, and, and you come home late, and you say, well, I, I, I just forgot what time it was. And in one sense, you may have been kind of telling the truth. Maybe not. But we use that excuse. A college student, I forgot my assignment was due. We forget things all the time. Uh, I mean, even adults, uh, I, I forgot to pick up this at the store, even when I had a list in front of me, you know. But uh, so, so Paul comes to us in this passage on this theme of remembering. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, he says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel. 
I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 other brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And at last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. So why, why is Paul using this phrase, I wanted to remind you of the gospel? Why, why would I sort of think in terms of this would be important for us today in the sense of reminding you of the gospel. I think like Paul as writing to the Corinthians, some of the characteristics that, uh, that they were addressing, that they were challenged with, many of those things, if not most, are all the same for us today, aren't they? I mean, isn't it just amazing that when we read Scripture, even from the Old Testament, that may be three or 4,000 years old, those things are just as relevant today as they were then. The things in the New Testament, as, as he was writing to, to, to the Corinthians or to the church at Philippi, those issues are still relevant to us today. Remember the gospel. I mean, why would we want to say, Cliff, it's important that we be reminded of the gospel in such a, if I could say, in a, in a, I think in a good way, this is a gospel-saturated church. But why remember? Some of us have reason to be reminded because of our age and the, the memory is slipping and it's not what it was, but at the same time, you know, I've not forgotten who Jesus is. I've not forgotten that Jesus went to the cross to, to die for my sins. You would say, Cliff, I, I haven't forgotten these things. And yet, what happens in life? What are the situations that may come later in life that we might need to be reminded of the gospel? And so I think this is where we are today. Paul says, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel. So what the context here is, the, the Corinthians probably had not forgotten the facts. Like I have forgotten the algebra formulas I learned years ago. Or a lot of other things I learned even as I studied for seminary classes. Outlines of Old Testament survey or New Testament survey. I, man, I couldn't recall some of those things to save my life. But we do tend to forget sometimes the implications of certain things. And I think that's probably more what Paul is saying here. They have forgotten the impact. They have forgotten the gospel as it has implication to life. They have forgotten the gospel as it is important to everyday life. Now think about that. You know, Paul writes these words in a context. The Corinthians had church divisions that we will not go back and look. But if you just did a quick survey of some of the things that are going on in the book of 1 Corinthians, you, you have things like the church, Paul said, the church is worldly. 
mere infants. Meaning they, they've not progressed in spiritual maturity as would have been expected. They had issues of immorality among the brethren. And you say, well, that's not me. Or that will never be me. Well, I can say as a pastor in a church, even a Lakeview gospel-saturated church, unfortunately, I, I deal with these issues probably sometimes six to 12 times a year. And I'm not sure every issue of immorality is, is brought to light. They had lawsuits among them as far as believers. They, they had issues of unbiblical divorce. They, 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 there was issues of idol worship, impropriety in worship, disorderly worship. They, and, and then when he gets to around 1 Corinthians 13, they lacked real love because he addresses this issue of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Why did Paul have to write these things if they were not relevant? And necessary. Why, why would Paul have to say. In chapter 15 verse 1. Now brothers I want to remind you. Of the gospel. Again we're, we're, we sometimes we think about the impact. Or the importance. Of these things as they address our life. But this forgetting is not just a New Testament thing. It's not. As we've said, just for old people or young people, we, we see this idea of being reminded throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, David, in Psalm 103, urged, urged his listeners to not to forget all his benefits. Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, says, Be careful, watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them slip from your heart. And so we can, we can, the tendency is we might forget in situations the impact or the importance of how the gospel affects us from day to day. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said, I, even I, he's speaking, he's writing as the Lord is speaking. And this is the Lord saying, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mortal men, the sons of men, but who are but grass that you forget the Lord your maker who stretched out his hands over the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth in judges judges uh, the, the, the judge says no sooner had Gideon died that the Israelites again prostituted themselves to Baals they did not remember the Lord their God and you, you see these issues. God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses says, y'all stay down here while I go up on the mountain to meet with God. And he had not been gone just a matter of hours before they, they, they wanted to come back and create this, this old way of life of idol worship. After they had seen so much of what God had done in their behalf. See, I, I think... Remembering the gospel is, is relevant. 
I think is necessary. I think it's important for us every day. I read a book, uh, Disciplines of Grace, Jerry Bridges, who has become one of my favorite authors. And I think it's in chapter 3, he titled the chapter of the book, he says, Preach the Gospel to Yourself Every Day. A phrase that you've heard, we've used around here probably in various ways. It's become quite popular. Jerry Bridges did not even originate it. He gave credit to one of his seminary professors. And then even someone says, well, where did you get it? And, and he, he, he said, well, I probably traced it back from just scriptures in some way. And it's hard to nail down. But the point is, the point is, this phrase, preach the gospel to yourself every day. So why? Is it possible that, that things that happen to the Corinthians or, or things that happen to the church at Philippi or, 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 or Galatia, any of these things could happen to us. Or things that we hear about other Christians and their struggle uh, and, and just sort of wandering away, is it possible these things could happen to us? And, and, and might we even say, has it maybe happened in some way already? The longer you live in your Christian life, there's a tendency for things to become a norm or a routine, and then you, you, can, you can forget to do the important things. It happens in marriage all the time. I meet with couples all the time, and, 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 and it just recently a couple said, it just seems like we've been married, we, we got busy with jobs, we got busy raising kids, that, that we just forgot to keep loving each other. And they referred to it like we did when we were dating and when we first got married. Now, any couple that's been married will, will just say, that's a real issue for us. You have to remember. And you have to keep dating. And you have to keep igniting those, those, those romantic fires so that you know and we can reflect back of your marriage when it began. And it's important. So, so, so why do we remember the gospel? What, what is this? Paul says, he says, I want to remind you, re-mind. Re is just again. Mind is bring to the knowledge of, 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 of or bring to your mind that knowledge again. It's not, again, it's not that they forgot, but just, just bring it back. This gospel that I preach to you, you've heard it. You've heard it proclaimed to you. Just like the Corinthians, you received it. They received it. it. And then he says, on which you have taken your stand. You have, you have put your life trust on this issue. We are trusting in Christ and who He is and what He did for our salvation, for the very essence of our life. And, and, and we stand on this. This is who we are. This is, this is what has, we have decided that will govern our life. We make small decisions. It's like, when I came to faith in Christ, I says, well, you know, I know I need to live for him and I need to live a life that, that reflects his own character that is holy and good. I, I want to marry a woman that knows the Lord, loves the Lord. Can you believe that when I first you know, met Tom, I wasn't sure about her salvation. I was sure she was pretty and cute. I was interested. But a very early conversation was I wanted to, to hear about her faith and 
And the fact was she had just become a Christian early uh, at, at that time. And then I was concerned, well, how much does she know? Will she be a, a really solid spiritual woman? I was concerned for her. You're laughing because you know who she is now. But those things were important. The blessings of her father on our relationship. Uh, when we started talking about marriage, I said, you know, this is where I want to go, but if your parents don't approve, we probably won't get there. Well, I had their approval before I had hers, but we got both before it was all done. These things are important. Values. Why? Because of the gospel. But then we can forget. They can become routine. And, and these things happen. It happened to the, to the Corinthians. It, it happens to everyone. This gospel, he says, I preach to you that you receive, that you've taken your stand. And then he, he, just, he says, by this gospel you are saved. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. God has chosen you to be His child. He has become your Father. There's so much you can say about what the implication and the meaning of this is that you have been saved. You were lost. You were dead in your sins. And He saved you. He saved you. Don't ever, don't ever let that become just routine. I want to remind you of the gospel. Somewhere in last year, I found myself almost in this kind of doldrum experience. That's a good word. And I learned it in English Lit when I was in college. That may be the only thing I remember from English Lit. I hated English. I had to take six English classes, and the Lord reminded me, do whatever you do, do it with all your heart. And that was hard. But I learned that word doldrums. But it, it's, it's, it's just like going through and getting, it, it, it's just kind of going through, and it becomes numb, but there's no excitement. And, and, and it's, like, it's like a gray sky day uh, that hangs over you. Sometimes we can be going in our Christian life, and it just seems like the doldrums. Dry times like a desert. And I caught myself just kind of trying to have a quiet time, but, but sometimes the feelings weren't there. And, 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 and I remembered that phrase from Jerry Bridges, remind yourself of the gospel. And, and, and I just went back, and, and for whatever reason, in my little devotional book, I just I started drawing a little circle. I don't know why, I don't know. And you can't have this, it's mine. But I said, Lord, you created me. You've made me. You're sustaining me. And all of this day, from the time I wake up to I eat and everything else, all of this day is given to me by you. And Lord, I want this whole day to be dedicated to you. Somewhere along the way, I, I put a little cross in that circle. And I said, God, you saved me in 1977. I was a sinner. I was lost. Friends started sharing with me. And friends started reminding me of the gospel that I had heard all my life but had not taken root yet. I said, Jesus, you went to the cross. You bore my sin. You died for my sin that I might be forgiven. You were buried in the grave. 
And on the third day you were raised. And I'm telling you, by the time you just go through this, I hope your heart is coming back to life. With an excitement and a, and a gratitude to God for who He is and what He's done. To say, oh God, thank you for saving me a sinner. Never let me forget how important this is. Not just what you did in 1977, but what it means today. As I wake up and I start a new day. Never let me forget the implication or the importance of remembering the gospel. I think Paul is on to something here. And, and, and not just as he addresses the Corinthians. As, as we look and we read this, this scripture that is God-breathed, that is useful for, for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. This scripture that, that is, is, is God's word and eternal. It had meaning then, it has meaning now. It'll have, it'll have meaning for those that come after us. And when we are remembered no more. But the gospel will be forever remembered. He says in verse 3. I pass this on to you as of first importance. First importance. It's more important than your marriage. It's more important than your savings account. Your retirement account. It's more important than what you'll eat today. It's more important than anything in life. First importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Here's the gospel. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter. People saw him resurrected. He just, he just goes through the gospel. Think about this. The gospel is central in all of life. We've, if when, when I do pre-marriage counseling, I take them to Ephesians chapter 5. And it says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Three times in that passage, it refers to the wife's relationship with her husband. Some of you gone through my class yet? You remember this? And then it, it swings over here and it says, as the church submits to God, wives, submit to your husbands. Three different ways it, it, it talks about how the Marriage relationship works according to how our relationship with God works. Marriage is centered on the gospel. Living. Just living. Paul, Paul said in Galatians chapter 2.20, he says, he, says, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Every part about my living now is that really... It's not about me living, but Christ living in me. When Paul referred to overcoming sin, he, he went back to the gospel. He says, he says, why do you keep on sinning? You've been crucified with Christ. And, and throughout that passage, that chapter in Romans 6, he, he ties in that our victory over sin is directly related to the gospel and that Christ died for our sin. He, he paid for the penalty of our sin. He broke the power of sin. And he talks about how we can live in victory over sin every day. And it goes back to the gospel. We can come to the end of life. And there's nothing more important 
at a funeral than the gospel. It determines the destiny of the dead person. They can't do anything else now, but it, it determines the difference between their eternal destiny. Have they put their faith in Christ? So now they are joined with God in the resurrection. They have eternal life. Glory to God. They've received their reward. If they haven't, it's a sad thing. And it's a hard thing to do those kinds of funerals. But for the family, for the family who knows a, a, a relative has put their faith and trust in Christ, you have the hope of the resurrection. It's all the gospel. Paul says, I want to remind you of the gospel. So why is this important? We, one, I think we, we remember who God is. We remember what Jesus did. We remember who we were. And we remember who we are. Because of the gospel, we remember what we are to be. Because of the gospel, we remember what we are to do. And in various situations of life, we remember who is with us and maybe why we're going through these things. And lastly, we remember where we're going. There's a heaven that is our eternal destination that is better, the Bible says, than anything of this present earth. And who is there but the Lord that will call us home to Him someday? Pilgrim's Progress is one of my favorite books. I think a few months ago we were talking to staff and I, and I, did, I don't think I named this book. If I could go back, Kevin, and change the book. I think we said this. If we were on an island and we could have one book with us, what would we have And, uh, and besides the Bible? And a lot of us talked about survival books. That was practical. I think I said that. I think if I could change my mind today, I'd say I'd, I think I'd want to take John Bunyan's book. Pilgrim's Progress. I read it. I just, I read it. I pick it up and read it at various times. But in that, in that book, John Bunyan portrays Christian not only coming to faith in Christ and then the journey of his life. And in that, he talks about going to the, like the sloth of despondency or the valley of humility or the valley of the shadow of death or the low country of conceit or the plain of ease or the or the city of Vanity Fair. John Bunyan just beautifully portrays this Christian life in this metaphorical just writing of the journey of the Christian life in all of these experiences. But in that, he continues to talk about how important it is to know you make that journey with Christ and He's with you. C.H. Mahaney in his book, The Cross-Centered Life, he, he talks about this. How do you know that you're not living a cross-centered life? Or, or, or how do we know maybe that we're not remembering the gospel? Let's put it that way too. Is there a lack of joy in your life? A joy in the Lord, not just happiness. A joy that's connected to your belief and your faith in God. Is there a lack of love for God uh, uh, or, or a lack of passion in your love for God? Are you always looking for something new? 
Are you not growing spiritually? See, I think some of the things that, that we could relate to, and maybe, maybe, maybe we'd say, well, we're, I don't like to think that I'm like the Corinthians. Maybe I'd like to think I'm more like the Thessalonians or, or some other church, a representation of the church. But the reality, those things that, that, that are common to one or, or characteristic of one are, are probably common to all of us at some point in time. Some of you are, are new Christians and you're just beginning your journey and you're single and, and everything is right now about me and my walk with the Lord and man, it's, it's college life. I think I was talking to Emily, isn't college life fun, Emily? <laughs> Yeah, and I had her dad in college, Tommy. Yeah, he really did know college was fun. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you about that later. I'm sorry. Yeah, easy. There you go. It is fun. It's great. And 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 for me, I think I, I said there's probably no greater time to grow spiritually than in that time between 18 and 22. I mean, you're growing. You're you're finding independence, but you got to find your dependence on the Lord. You're single, but you're hoping not to be single when you, you know, and all that. And, and all of these decisions, and you're trying to figure out a career you can, and all of these decisions. But the most important thing is, what am I going to do with Jesus? And really, what is Jesus going to do with you? Because of the gospel. But as you get married and as you move along with life or even graduate and, and, you just, and you move on as a single, I mean, three of my four children are still single and they're still, but they're working and they're doing life. That's, that can be part of it. There's times of trials. Trials, sometimes that, that we bring upon ourselves because of decisions we made, but the Lord has not left us. He has not forgotten us. Philippians 1.6 says that the, God says, The work I begin in you, I will carry on to completion. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. There's suffering. And some of that suffering is, is because of sin, but sometimes suffering comes just like, like Jesus says. If you're a follower of Christ, He says, Don't be surprised that you suffer. Christ suffered. It's connected to the gospel. Paul was persecuted. Eleven of the twelve disciples were martyred. There's no guarantee life will always be ease or fun. Sometimes suffering comes, hardships. And then sometimes it's just, we, we get to going with life and we're busy and man, we're going to work every day and, and we're trying to feed the kids and, and, and raise them and get them in school and, and it's just one, and you get in these routines and sometimes you forget the importance of the gospel. There's seasons sometimes you'll come upon your life and just depression. People suffer these things and, and sometimes you, you can't really explain why. I've had, I would characterize my bouts with depression as, as mild, but I talk to people and I minister to people that go through severe cases and situations of depression. People that know Christ. Who love the Lord. You can go through a period or time of wilderness. God led 
the Israelites out of Egypt. And he led them to be in the desert. Well, partly because of a decision. But God still used those 40 years for his purposes. But they were still in a wilderness for 40 years. And I would say, maybe the hardest time to remember the gospel may be during times of prosperity and blessing when life just seems to be really good. And it's real easy to forget where you were, who you were, and the mercy of God when he reached down and he called you to himself. In remembering the gospel, we find this truth that guides us in all of life. Remember the gospel. Remember Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. Because I think in, in that, we also find this, this, this truth, this, 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 I don't like the word motivation, but this impetus to, that remind, rem, reminds us that the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart starts and begins with the gospel. If you will remember the gospel, then it will bring your heart back to that place where you know that loving God is important and that you want to do this. And this is what God is calling you to do. The great commitment. I don't know this is an official great commitment, but I've, it, I've made it one of mine. Luke 9.23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. If we're going to die to self and we're going to, we're going to commit to, to let the, the purpose and will and the person of Christ be the one that we're going to follow with all of our heart, that is a great commitment. And then the great commission. All authority has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. Why would we do that? If the gospel wasn't the gospel and if it wasn't important. But it is. And so Paul... Paul says, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel. But you know, Paul wasn't the only one. Peter. Peter said the same thing when he, in chapter 1 of his second letter. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are fir firmly established in the truth you now have. Now, he's just talked about the gospel and making your election sure. I will always remind you of these things. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of the body because I know that, that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus has made clear to me and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. And so just my simple word today. Remember the gospel. Every day, preach the gospel to yourself. Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness. We give you glory and honor and praise. Amen.